1: Welcome to the Unbillable Hour. I am your host, Christopher Anderson, and today's episode is about client acquisition. In the main triangle of what it is that a law firm business must do, If to remind you, we every law firm business has to acquire new clients, that's acquisition, has to produce the results that we promised to those new clients, that's production, and we have to achieve the business and professional results for the owners, for the employees, um, for all the stakeholders, those are the three points of the triangle. But let's face it, client acquisition is the lifeblood of your law firm, every law firm. And that, of course, begins with marketing, which helps prospects become aware of your business and to form an opinion that you might be the firm that could help them reach their goals. And then there is sales. And sales is the process of educating those prospects efficiently so they can decide whether they want to work with you. And so the title of today's show is Your Information, Their Decision. And my guest is Theophon McKenzie. He's the founder and director of Smart Systematic Selling, also known as S3. Um, But before we get started talking to him, it's time to do a little business. I want to say thank you to the sponsors that make this show possible. Alert Communications. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7-365, just call 866-827-5568. Scorpion is the leading provider of marketing solutions for the legal industry. With nearly 20 years of experience serving attorneys, Scorpion can help you grow your practice. Learn more at scorpionlegal.com. LawClerk, where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Visit lawclerk.legal to learn how to increase your productivity and your profits by working with talented freelance lawyers. LawYaw provides end-to-end document automation for solo, small, and mid-sized practices. Save time and avoid mistakes with documents that you draft over and over again. Learn more at LawYaw.com, and that's L-A-W-Y-A-W.com. Today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is your information, their decision, and I am pleased to introduce my guest today is Theophan McKenzie. He's the founder and director of Smart Systematic Selling or S3. Theophan has worked as a sales professional for more than 20 years. In 2006, he went into private practice as an executive sales coach and he's helped small business owners, executives and others level up their businesses and their lives. In 2015, he launched a non-traditional sales training program called Smart Systematic Selling or S3 for short, and we're going to be talking about what non Traditional selling is so. First of all, Theophan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. It's really, really my pleasure. And and I'm notorious for terrible introductions, and so I have not I have not failed to disappoint once again. Um. So what I'd love to do to start out the show is just how did you come to be helping law firms with their sales issues? Like, what brought you in? Give a little bit more of your background that I missed, um, so people understand where you're coming from.
0: Yeah, great, great question and great introduction. That was a wonderful introduction. But to, to answer your question, I when I went into private practice as a professional coach back in 2006, I found myself working with an attorney every once in a while, maybe every once or, or one or two years, I would start working with a law office or an attorney specifically to do one-on-one coaching. And at, at some point, Uh, Probably it was about a year and a half, two years ago, I had an attorney that I was working with ask, Hey, what, what is this sales training you're doing? And then I shared with them a little bit about the sales training. And next thing I knew, I was working with a law office and teaching them how to sell never in my life. Did I think I'd be teaching (laughs) sales training to law offices, (laughs) but that, that happened about a year and a half ish ago. I started working with the first law firm, helping them with sales.
1: Yeah, cool. And, and you know, I think it's funny that never in your life would you have thought of that because, as you know, we've talked about this before. I work with hundreds of law firms across the country as well. And as I encounter new lawyers, like most of them never in their life would they have considered taking sales training or being trained in the art of sales or in the process of sales, however we want to call it. And I think that disconnect is really important to to go into as we go through the show today. But in the introduction, I described S3 as a non-traditional se- uh, selling system. Let's solve, first of all just like go there. like what does that mean? What do those words mean? Like you know, does that mean that we don't wear traditional sales clothes? Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, what does it mean to be different what's the difference between non-traditional and traditional selling system?
0: Yeah, I, I've got a simple way of explaining the difference. Traditional selling is any time that you are sharing the features and benefits of your product or service, that's traditional selling. Anytime that you try to overcome a stall or an objection, like the money objection, the decision maker objection, the time objection that's traditional selling. And then traditional selling teaches that you're always trying to close every opportunity that you have. You're trying to swing and hit a home run. So traditional selling is features and benefits. Traditional selling is overcoming stalls and objections. And it's also always be closing ABC. You've heard, Hey, put that coffee down. You haven't closed anything this week, right? Should be closing. So non-traditional is just the opposite of that. Non-traditional selling is about focusing on the prospect or in the legal world, we call them PNCs. Focus the conversation on the PNC. It's not about the law firm. It's not about you. It's not about what you do or how you do it. It really is about learning. What does the prospect need? Can we help them? Can we be a good fit for them? It's not, hey, so let me see what I can do to help you with this case. No problem. We're going to get you out of this. That's traditional selling. We're asking curious questions, practicing active listening to figure out what it is that we can do to help them. And if we can't help them, we will tell them no. Traditional salespeople don't understand
1: the word no. So that's the, <laughs> that's the difference between traditional and, and non-traditional selling. I get it. So yeah, but, I mean, I think you've summed it up like it's not always be closing. It's always be learning, if you will, maybe, uh, yeah. is, is the way you've described that. Yeah. Yeah. And the next thing I want to do, like, so we've talked about traditional selling versus non-traditional selling, but let's just mm-hmm. talk about that word. Because, like, like I said, I really, I mean, I'm not kidding. I said it sort of flippantly, but when I talk to lawyers across the country and I say that they would never have imagined them being in a, themselves being in a sales training or subjecting any of their people mm-hmm. to a sales training, I mean it. I mean, it's really true because there is a negative association with the word. You'll hear lawyers say, you know, this is a profession, not a business. Um, This is a noble calling, which it is. Mm -hmm. And so we don't sell. And so why, first of all, since you've been working with law firms, why do you think lawyers do react negatively to that word? Mm -hmm. And let's deal with that word and talk about what it really means.
0: Yeah. Well, attorneys,
1: doctors. Doctors
0: don't ever want to be perceived as selling. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be salespeople, attorneys, a noble calling. Absolutely. They're right up there with doctors. The challenge is when we think of the word salesperson, what do we think of? We think of the used car sales guy that all of us have probably had an experience with at one point in our life, and then after we spent six hours at the dealership, went home and took a shower because we felt dirty. And so when an attorney graduates with their JD and goes into practicing law, they never would think that they would have to sell. But a sales conversation has to happen. The PNC has to have a consultation with the attorney to determine whether or not the firm can help them. That is a sales meeting and they don't teach you how to sell in law school. And I've, yeah. uh, we've worked with more than 30 law firms in the last year and time and time again, I hear from attorneys, I don't want to sell. I, I don't, I don't like selling, but I realize I have to,
1: and I suck at it. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. yeah. And, and what they suck at is, I mean, at the end of the day, I think you, you see, I see um, that what they suck at is the part that they don't, that we don't want them to be doing anyway. Right. That, that is right. That may be traditional sales, like lawyers who are good at their craft are actually naturally good at the right way of selling, I think. Um, And it's just, it's a harnessing of that skill and understanding of it. So you can bring it in the right order, in the right steps that that makes the most sense. Like how, if you had to define sales the right way, what would your definition of sales be? In a nutshell, it's not about you. As the salesperson, the
0: attorney, when the attorney is sitting across from a PNC, the right way to sell is to not focus the conversation on you. It's to focus the conversation on the PNC. Nobody cares about you, attorney. Nobody. Well, we do. You know what I mean. But when you're in a consultation with a PNC, nobody cares about the attorney. The person that's sitting across from them has a significant challenge or problem in their life and they need someone to listen And more often than not, when we... We, me, you, when we go and talk to a friend or a family member about a challenge that we're having in our life, our friend or our family member automatically want to provide a solution. Oh, gosh, do this, do that. You should, this is what I recommend, right? We we do that just naturally. And so what happens when an attorney who has been trained in the law is sitting across from a PNC and they start to hear the PNC share their situation, their story, all of a sudden lawyer brain clicks in. And they start thinking about the solutions. Oh, statute this. And they start thinking about like strategy, about how to approach the case. And they start to share that with the PNC. And they think what they're doing is good. Like, hey, let me show you. Hey, let me show you exactly how I can help you with this case. That's not how they're saying it, but that's how the PNC is hearing it. And all of a sudden, they're just hearing one more person tell them what they think they should do. (laughs) Yeah, but if we focus the conversation on the PNC and we realize it's not about me, it's really about them. That's the way to have a proper sales conversation. Nobody cares about you.
1: Yeah, but now some like I'm going to channel the listeners because I've, I know that one of the things that that is some listeners right now are thinking is yeah, but doesn't the PNC or the PC, whichever the firm describes them, the the, the potential don't they need to know about how great I am? Like don't and I, I say that a little facetiously, but like seriously, don't they need to know my qualifications? Don't they need to know that I've done this before? Don't they need to know that that I'm the guy to help them? Don't they need <laughs> to know that I went to such and such law school? That I graduated with this GPA? That I got these awards? That I've been a uh, you know top lawyers? Or I'm blanking on like some of the awards? Or that <laughs> yeah. I'm AV rated? Or that I'm yeah. AVO ten Don't they want to know all that? Don't they want it? Well, about me? Y- y- yes. Yes.
0: And if they are, if they're an intelligent consumer, like most of us are today, they've already done research. Before they sit down with the attorney for the consultation, I'll bet money that they've already looked you up. They may have already talked to somebody that's worked with you. They've looked at your website. They've looked at your Google reviews. They may have already looked you up on Avo, or they found you on Avo. By the time they sit down to meet with you, they know more about you than you probably realize. You don't need to impress them in the consultation. They already know enough about you to sit down with you. They think you could there. probably,
1: yeah they, yeah, they think you could probably help them. So they're already there. You don't have to impress them. To go back to, go back to the movie you referenced, they didn't, co- they didn't come in to get out of the uh, ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, we're going to take a break here and uh, listen to our sponsors for a second. But when we come back, I'm going to ask Theophon to talk about where law firms and lawyers really stumble when it comes to sales. And we'll take the conversation from there. But first, from the sponsors. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a research memo or a complicated appellate brief, our network of freelance lawyers have every level of experience and expertise. Sign up is free, and there are no monthly fees only pay the flat fee price you set. Use rebate code UNBILLABLE to get a $100 Amazon gift card when you complete your next project. Learn more at lawclerk.legal. As the largest legal-only call center in the US, Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7-365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. Welcome back. We're talking with Theophan McKenzie. We've been talking about sales and the negative implications and non-traditional selling. And so now that we're coming back, I want to talk a little bit more, like we're going to get into the law firm a little bit more. The first thing I want to do is, you know, you said you've been working, you've, you've worked, did you say 30 to 40 law firms in the past year? Yeah, more than 30. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the challenges you're seeing? Like, how are they stuck? What What are the problems that you're seeing in law firms that some of the listeners might be able to relate to?
0: Yeah. When, when they're coming to me, the, the biggest challenge that I'm hearing, uh, there's a couple of them. It, it, part of it comes down to systems and processes. Again, they didn't learn how to sell in law school. They realized they need to, and they don't know how. They've just been winging it for however long six months, 10 years, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they realize they need a formal system and a process in place, not just for themselves, but for the other attorneys at the law firm. And if it's a law firm that's using a non-attorney salesperson, they want to have a system in place so that when they bring somebody else on later, they don't have to reinvent the wheel. They don't have to try to train them on something that they don't even know how to do in the first place. So the first thing is systems and processes. The other challenge for attorneys specifically is that lawyer brain that I was mentioning earlier. They can't get out of their own way. They really, really want to start strategizing and providing a solution in the consultation. And that's that's a big challenge. And once they once they start to learn a different way and they understand it's not about me, it's not about how smart I am, it's not about providing a, a strategy in the consultation, they're able to get out of their own way And then that starts to, that, that starts to make a difference for them in those consultations because people start to realize, oh, so you're not just trying to collect a retainer and make money off of me. You actually care about me. So the biggest challenges, I would say a lot of them don't have a system or process in place for sales to begin with. And then the other thing that they learn, and it's funny because it's like an aha, when we're about halfway through the sales training, I hear an aha from the majority of attorneys, they go, oh, so I'm not actually providing any strategy information in
1: the consultation. No. No. I told them, unplug the lawyer brain. (laughs) And I promise you, like, we got some listeners now going, yeah, no, that's, of course we are. That's what we're selling. We're selling them how smart we are. And so I'll just ask the listeners now to, like, withhold your prejudice on this point because it's real. And the fact that it takes, Theophon, when you say halfway through, you're not talking about halfway through an hour, right? You're talking about three, four (laughs) hours into a process. So that's That's when that aha comes. That's right. Um, And... I think it's important to realize that it takes it takes a little while to understand you said that one of the obstacles is systems and process. and where where, like you said, a lot of lawyers, I mean, i I was a lawyer for fifteen years before I ever encountered a sales process. Um, and I thought I was pretty good at sales. But, you know, I just i I was like water. like you know the every client, that came, every prospect that came, I would fit the container. And so a process to me seemed anathema. It seemed like the, the absolute wrong thing to do. It was to yeah. have a process because I wanted to meet them where they were. Yeah. Why is process better? Well, because the process does exactly that.
0: Mm. It does allow you to meet them where they are, but you're also able to take control of the consultation. How many times for attorneys that are listening, rhetorical question, obviously you can't respond. How many times have you gone into a consultation and you start out and all of a sudden your PNC starts talking, 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 they're sharing their story. They can't, they won't stop. And you're just like, oh my gosh, when are they going to take a breath so I can interrupt and move this forward? If you have a systematized process for your sales conversation, you're able to take control of that meeting. And as far as attorneys saying, well, no, I need to impress them. I need to tell them what I do and how I do it and show them that I can, I can, I got the degree. I got the credentials. I got the experience. I did a sales training with a law firm last week, Tuesday and Wednesday. It was back to back two full days and they have a non-attorney salesperson. Now I know a lot of firm law firms don't do that. Some do, but so that was Tuesday, Wednesday on Thursday, the attorney reached out to me to let me know that his non-attorney salesperson closed one, two $5,000 retainers on Thursday using this sales conversation. Mm-hmm. That's a non-attorney salesperson that is not trained in the law. There is no JD after their name. They can't impress the PNC with their credentials and their experience and their knowledge because they fortunately have none.
1: Right. That that does make it, um, (laughs) I mean, it removes the temptation, right? I mean, that makes it a little bit easier to not sell because you don't, you can't. They can't. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I know, I don't want, A, I don't want you to give away all your secrets, but and B, I don't want to, like, we don't have three hours, Um, (laughs) but every system has phases or steps. Can you just like give a kind of rapid fire, like what does the system look like? What's the beginning, what's the end of a sales system for the way you think it should be? So uh, I'm happy to give away a little bit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So a 30,000 foot view, and, and we talk about systematizing the process. So first of all, we learn a lot. It's a 12 hour training and we learn a lot in the training, but the first thing we learn is to build and maintain rapport with just about anybody. So we're able to, to have that connection. We learn how to mirror them, carry ourselves physically in a similar fashion. If we're seeing them, they're right across from us. We learn how to modulate our voice in a similar fashion. So there's, there's a lot of pieces that go into building a connection with the PNC right out of the gate. Sure. And we have to maintain that through the sales conversation, through the consultation. And then there are actually five steps to the consultation. So number one, we have an agenda step. Number two, we have a needs assessment step. Number three, we have the money step. Number four, we have the decision maker step. And then last but not least, number five, we have the presentation step. And briefly, what the agenda does is it allows us to verbally explain to the PNC exactly what we're there to do in mm-hmm. the amount of time that we've scheduled for the consultation. So we know at the end of our meeting, we're going to have a no or a yes, but not a maybe or now And I think about it. So we don't have to chase. So we're setting a verbal agenda. This is what we're here to do, and this is our desired outcome. And then when we go into the needs assessment step, that's where we're really focusing on what they need. We're not presenting. We're not telling them what we do and how we do it. We're genuinely curious. We're asking curious questions. We're practicing active listening. We want to learn as much as we can and get them to share and open up and let themselves be vulnerable. We're not providing a solution. We're genuinely curious about their situation. And if we find out enough from them, that's going to let us know whether we can actually help them or not. And then so it's agenda needs assessment. And then the third step is the money step. Now, after we've gone through the needs assessment and gotten them to open up, they've probably started to get emotional. So the next thing we want to do is talk about money, what it's going to cost for them to retain the firm and work with the firm. That's the ideal place to talk about money. We don't wait until the very end. We wait until they've opened up, allowed themselves to be vulnerable, and they've shared what's going on with themselves. Then we talk about money. We get clear on what it's going to cost to work with the firm. Then we want to make sure we're in front of all the decision makers. That's the fourth step. Because why would we present to somebody about what we do and how we do it as a law firm if we're not in front of all the decision makers? And then last but not least, the presentation step it's at the end because now we know we have a fully qualified buyer. We have a PNC that has needs. We have a PNC that has money. And we are in fact, in front of the decision makers. So in the presentation step, we'll lay out for them what it's going to look like when they come on board and work with the firm, how we're going to help them and all the things. We get their first meeting on the calendar and and all that stuff. And it's just that systematized process of having a consultation with a PNC is beautiful. It flows very conversationally. And at the end they feel like, wow, you actually want to help me. You're not just trying to collect a retainer for just another case. It's really powerful.
1: And would you say, I mean, like when you encounter people who are t- I wouldn't even call it traditional selling. Cause I'm not sure that lawyers do traditional selling. They just do ad hoc selling. They do whatever yeah. that has worked for them or what they saw the previous partner do before yeah. they did. Do you find that presentation step comes earlier than the way you teach it? The, the way most lawyers do it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, it does. I mean, or did, yeah. right? Um, the, yeah. you want to present, you want to, uh, want to give, give that presentation about what you're going to do, how you're going to solve, or, et cetera. Yeah. What strikes me about what you just went through is like, there's no real room in there to talk about me, to talk about the firm, <laughs> to talk about how that seems counterintuitive, but you're saying that that's what is getting results. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you've seen Seinfeld? Yeah. In fact, interestingly, we just started um, watching it from season one with the kids. Like, nice. There's so much they don't get, uh, but they but but still laugh. Great show. Great show. Yeah. But there's one episode where George
0: Costanza decides to do the opposite of what he's thinking. And all of a sudden, his life goes so well. Because it's George <laughs> Costanza, Right. Right. Same thing in a consultation with the PNC, the way that we train you to do it, it actually flies against what you think you should do. So we don't provide that solution. We don't share with them what it looks like if they're going to work with us until the very end. See, and that goes back to like, we want to jump ahead, just like our friends and our family members want to start providing a solution when they hear that we're having a challenge in our lives. We do that quite naturally. And that equals- right traditional selling. So when you're in a meeting with a PNC and you're hearing their challenge and you want to jump in and start providing a solution, no, now you're putting yourself into the conversation. Now it's not about the PNC at all. It's about, hey, let me tell you how I can solve this for you. That's not how you sound, but that's what they hear.
1: Yeah. And then they've stopped telling you about their problem. Yep. Yeah, yeah. that that makes a whole lot of sense. We are talking with Theophon McKenzie. We're going to take a break here, Theophon, to hear one more time from our sponsors. And when we come back, what I want to do, you've mentioned a couple of things that I I heard, even though we're recording this and people aren't listening live, I still heard brains exploding. One of those was talking about non-attorney salespeople. So I want to dive into that a little bit. I also want to talk about sales as something that we can't it's not a perfection. It's, a, it's something that we that, that, that needs work all the time and what your thoughts are on that. But first, we'll hear from our sponsors, and then we'll come back and uh, tackle those issues. No one cites routine drafting as the reason they chose to become a lawyer, but that's where a lot of time goes for solo practitioners and small firms. Yaw can help you transform your existing Word documents into reusable templates with no coding required. Save time and avoid errors with intuitive features like conditional logic use a tool that empowers your experience and expertise. Learn more at lawyaw.com, and that's L-A-W-Y-A-W Now more than ever, an effective marketing strategy is one of the most important things for your firm. Scorpion can help. With nearly 20 years of experience serving the legal industry, Scorpion has proven methods to help you get the high-value cases you deserve. Join thousands of attorneys across the country who have turned to Scorpion for effective marketing and technology solutions. For a better way to grow your practice, visit scorpionlegal.com. And we're back with AFI McKenzie. We're talking about sales. So the one thing I wanted to kind of get into you with is, and I'm going to actually reverse it, is let's just tackle this non-attorney salesperson thing. Because, like I said, I think I heard some brains exploding Um, You know and I know that law firms are doing this. You even mentioned that there's some advantage. But so how can a non-attorney have a meeting with a potential client when they can't answer the questions about what legally needs to be done?
0: Great question. And that actually speaks to the episode title, which is Your Information, Their Decision. Mm -hmm. So Law Firm's Information, Prospect's Decision. When in fact, it should be the prospect's information, their information, their decision. Yeah. Because if you're doing a consultation properly, you're actually getting more information from them than you're giving them because you need to learn about what it is that they need and how you can help them. And the only way to do that is by asking them curious questions and practicing active listening. So you're actually getting more information from them, hopefully, Mm -hmm. Then you're giving them. So when a law firm is using a non-attorney salesperson, that non-attorney salesperson should not be giving out legal advice or legal information. That's what the strategy session is for, right? When a PNC calls in, they talk to intake. Intake pre-qualifies them, make sure it's the right type of law, the right jurisdiction, et cetera. Intake schedules a consultation with an attorney. Or in this case, with a non-attorney salesperson, the non-attorney salesperson takes them through the consultation to determine whether the firm can really help them. They're doing that deep dive. They're asking those questions, getting the PNC to open up. The non-attorney salesperson does not need to have a law degree because it's not about the law firm. It's about the right. PNC. And then what's the, what, is the, the, what does the non-attorney salesperson do at the end? They win the, the client. And schedule a what? A strategy session with the attorney. And that's where the legal speak can happen. (laughs) But it doesn't happen in the, it shouldn't happen in the consult.
1: And I mean, your experience with law firms is because people are going like, yeah, that won't work, but like it's working. (laughs) Oh, it's working. Yeah. 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 I mean, go to,
0: go to my LinkedIn and you can see the recommendations from a lot of the firms we've worked with. Yeah.
1: Is there any particular
0: practice area that you've
1: seen that it seems to work better or worse with?
0: Uh, no, I mean, it, we've, we've worked with family law, we've worked with elder law, we've worked with criminal defense firms, we've worked with immigration firms, we've worked with a lot of different firms. And, and Chris, honestly, this sales conversation that I'm training the law firms on is very similar to what I've been doing for 20 plus years. And yeah. I, I can apply it to widgets and fire engines. And now apparently as of about a year and a half ish ago, law firms yeah. and you, you name it, we can apply this sales training to
1: uh, pretty much any product or service. So do you recommend when you're talking with law firms, do you recommend non salespersons to all law firms or are there criteria that you suggest that they think about when deciding whether or not to go with non-attorneys versus attorneys in the sales process? Mm -hmm. It is completely up to the law firm. Mm -hmm. And I don't
0: try to push them one way or the other. I know there are law firms that are, they're thinking, no way. I could never have somebody else have that conversation. One of our attorneys needs to do it. Totally fine. Totally fine. If a law firm decides to take the leap and use a non-attorney salesperson, they'll find that's going to make a big shift to their practice. I liken it to years ago when I was younger, I used to work uh, for a bar as a barback, And my job was to go from bar to bar to bar. There was three of them in this big building. Right. And I would go from bar to bar to bar and I would fill the fruit and make sure the kegs were full and the glasses are clean because the bar wanted the bartender doing the most profit generating activity, which was right. pouring drinks. If the bartender ever got distracted from pouring drinks, the bar is losing money. What should attorneys at law firms be doing? What's the greatest revenue-generating activity? Billable hours. So the attorneys should be practicing law. Let a non-attorney salesperson do your consults for you. We had, an, we had one law firm I can remember specifically, uh, Immigration Law. She was doing all of her consults. She came in, did the sales training. She picked she had like four intake people. She picked one of them to be her non-attorney salesperson. And they started doing the consults for her. And like three weeks later, she reported, she goes, this is fantastic. I was at the courthouse this morning and consults were still happening. And she's yeah. like, this is so nice. Now she can practice law. She's got somebody to do her consults
1: for her. And I'm going to take that as a segue now because you use the word practice. Because <laughs> this is the other thing that I think that you know, when I think about what you've presented here and I think about the possibilities, the non-attorney salesperson can do that the attorney could also do, but is going to have less time and feel less compelled to do because of the demands of practicing law and making money, which is practicing this, practicing sales, practicing educating clients, practicing, I think you use the word active listening, practicing all the skills that you teach, all those steps that we've just breezed over. To me, like it's such an opportunity to have someone really become a professional at helping clients make this decision. It's not something you could pick up in a book, but talk to me about that. Like, is sales training a training one and done? Uh, you know, you do that. You talk 12 hours. So you go through this 12 hours. Now you're a better, your non-traditional salesperson using this, this different method, or is there something more? Yeah there there is there should
0: always be something more especially when it comes to something like this you said it's not like there's a book you read it and you're done there is a lot of that out there you could read a book you could go to a seminar you can go to a workshop but we all know a, a lot of the time when we go to one of these things we read a book go to a workshop go to a seminar we're going and doing we're doing these activities because we know that we're missing something and we want to get better at it and so we go to a workshop let's say and we learn this new thing and then we roll it out and we start doing it. And then usually after three or four weeks, it, we're just, we're getting stuck. We're like, oh, I don't have time to go back and look at this. And it's just not working. And we default, we go back to doing what we always used to do, which doesn't make any sense because we looked at a workshop to change what wasn't working. Right. right. So it's kind of like, you can't teach a kid how to drive a car by having them read a driver's manual. My, my daughter, my, my youngest daughter just got her driver's license and in Oregon, you read the driver's manual, but then you have to have a hundred hours of driving with a parent or guardian. Yeah. Same thing with sales training. You can't teach somebody how to sell by giving them a manual or a book or going through a 12 hour sales training. That's not enough. You've got to have somebody get behind the wheel and drive with you. So we have actually ongoing practice. In with other students, Uh, there's law firms or small business owners that, but to answer your question, it's absolutely not one and done. I guarantee you will not be able to execute on what you learn in the initial training without ongoing practice. It's mastering that conversation. And it's so different with every different person that you've got to learn how to do it very well. And that doesn't happen overnight.
1: Yeah. And also, I mean, as you say that, it actually another thought occurred to me, which is, you know, like I said, some brains are exploding. And one of the exploding things is how can I trust this non-attorney salesperson? How can I turn them loose on live client prospects? First of all, um, you know, live client prospects cost law firms anywhere from about $150 on the low end to $3,000 on the high end. That's what a prospect, like when the prospect doesn't close, that money is thrown away. And so they're going to be reluctant to turn this over to this untested person. But so you're saying that that there's actually an opportunity to practice on non-live ammunition um, and get, get sort of a certification saying... They're worth trying now. (laughs) Yes, and and that kind of that that, that's speaking
0: specifically to our training because I know there's a lot of sales training programs that don't have like ongoing practice and role playing and stuff. But what one of the things that we do offer is the the boot camp, the initial sales training, and then we have the ongoing practice. We call that the S three Dojo. But then we also do like 90-minute role-playing sessions. If a, if a law firm is like, hey, I want you to continue working with my non-attorney salesperson. I want them to get this down. They can schedule 90-minute role-playing sessions. And something else that we've also done is 90-minute call reviews. So mm. we, me myself or one of my trainers, will spend 90 minutes with the firm. And so the, usually it's the, the attorney and the non-attorney salesperson. And we will review recorded consults and give them critique and feedback based on those calls as we're listening to them. So it's really powerful. So it's not, just, it's not just 12 hours of sales training. It's not just then you go into the dojo and keep practicing what you've learned, but we do all these other things to help those non-attorney salespeople and even the attorneys that come to the training yeah, yeah.
1: to grow their skill and, and work towards mastery. That is excellent. So we're coming right up at the end here. If uh, our listeners needed one key takeaway from what we've been talking about, what would you what would you give to them? Whether you go through sales training or not, unplug lawyer
0: brain when you sit down (laughs) for a consultation with a PNC. All that stuff that you learned in law school, you've got to unplug that. It's I promise it's not about you really focus the conversation on the PNC when they can see that you genuinely care about them and you're not just trying to provide a solution and collect their retainer. But when they can see that you genuinely care about them, just that alone, you'll watch your conversion rate go up. Just remember, it's not about you. They already know that you know your stuff, right? Otherwise they wouldn't
1: be sitting in front of you in the first place. That's fantastic, thank you, Theophan. Unfortunately, that does wrap up this edition of the Unbillable Hour. Thank you all for listening. Our guest today has been Theophan McKenzie. He's the founder and director of Smart Systematic Selling, or S3. Theophan, if folks wanted to learn more or had some more questions for you um, or for your business, how how could they get in touch with you?
0: Yeah. Um, so www.s3.training is our website, or you could email hello at s3.training or look me up on LinkedIn,
1: Theophon McKenzie, T-H-E-O-P-H-A-N McKenzie. Fantastic. Thank you, Theophon. And of course, this is Christopher T. Anderson, and I won't spell it for you, but I do look forward to seeing you next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thank you for joining us, and we will speak again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of,
0: nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award winning on demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design.